he's in charge of all this chaos that's going around around the world right now. And that he's got a plan for all of us. Amen? He's got it all figured out. And it's funny because last week I preached. I preached on, I gave a prophecy update of what was going on in the world. And I had this in my heart to share on casting your cares, your burdens on the Lord. I'll get one later, Jules. Julia's going to college for baking. So we're like we're like her test group. You're going to want to take two. I'm telling you right now. You're just going to want to grab another one. You might as well grab two now. See, you're going to want to, I'm telling you right now, you're going to want to take two. They're so good. Don't be bashful. We're all eaters. All right, we're going to take up an offering. Grace, can you come on down? Well, Jules is finishing passing out the donuts. Everybody's breakfast. I should have waited. I had Pop-Tarts this morning. I should have waited on the donuts. All right, we're going to take up an offering. Amen. Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God, for this tithe and offering that you bring into this house. We pray that you would bless each person. Lord God, we pray that you would bless it and that, Lord, you would multiply our finances, that you would multiply in us, Lord God. Lord, this is the only thing that you said that we can test you on was in our giving, Lord God. And, Lord, we are, Lord, we're giving into eternal kingdom where rust and moth will not devour, Lord God, but where it will last eternally. And we're trusting you, God, for all that we have and all that we are and all that we'll ever be in all of our finances, all of our family, all of our children and grandchildren, Lord, we're trusting in you and in your word. We place our hope and our faith. And we thank you and we praise you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week I had it on my heart to share on casting your cares. Because, you know, I gave the prophecy report last week and I thought you know what we we do need to know what's going on around the world we need to be watchmen right we need to be aware of what's happening all around the world so I felt an urgency to share on what was happening especially with the signing of the UAE United Emerald the United Arab Emirates with the peace treaty with Israel it's really Important to Bible prophecy. You know, it's, uh, it talks about that in the seven years of tribulation. It marks one of the beginning of the tribulations. Is that there will be peace for three and a half years. But when I was writing it down, if I wanted to share on this, because I know the Lord burdened my heart with it, was not to be burdened. 
Not to take on cares, but to cast all. You know, I got a coffee mug that says, Cast all your cares on the Lord, for he cares for you. And that's exactly what we need to do. You know, this morning we watched these little clips. And I don't know if, you know, a lot of you guys have, all of you have smartphones out there except for me now. But you have all, you got on your smartphone, you can look up these little line of Judah clips, right? And they're 10, 13 minutes, little powerful little clips that you can watch for encouragement, for strength, to help you through your day. But cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. Let me tell you, all of us out here have cares or burdens. All of us. Will you have cares or burdens on your heart in some shape or form? We all have gone through some hard things in life. That just when you think you start moving forward, then it seems that you take two or three steps backwards. When things are going good, then bam, something comes along and knocks you off your feet. Something unexpectedly. You see, our adversary, the devil, is out there prowling around like a roaring lion. And he's just looking for someone to devour. That's in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. It says that. It says, be self-controlled. And alert, your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. And he wants nothing more than to cast upon you more and more burdens and more and more cares. He wants to weigh you down until you are totally exhausted, ineffective, and paralyzed. He wants to load you down until you collapse. And let me tell you, some of us learn the hard way. Do you know a burden suggests a load to be lifted and carried by a pack animal? Or an impressive emotional weight? That's what a burden is. Let me tell you, the devil sits there and he laughs at us. He laughs at us. As we carry all these heavy loads, just like a pack animal. (laughs) I saw Grace laughing. She's probably picturing like a llama with a bunch of baggage on her. You know, I think of a mule or a llama as a pack animal. That's what a pack animal is. It's to carry the load. Well, the devil sits there and he's laughing at us because we're packing on these loads on us that have never meant to be. We're carrying the things around on us that the Lord never wanted or intended for us. And he laughs. And he's sitting there and he laughs because, you know, we don't know the scriptures. That's why he's laughing. Because we don't know the freedom in Christ That's been given to us. We don't know the scriptures. 
or we don't, or we know them, but we don't believe them. Or we think we take it on as, oh, that's our burden to bear. That's all wrong thinking. That's all wrong thinking right there. It's not our burden to bear. So he sits there and he laughs as we pack more and more on. And as we try to get up and function. And when, until we come to the realization that we can't go on like this any longer, anymore, and we start believing the word when it says, Come to me in Matthew chapter 11. Now this is Jesus saying this. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, it says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Think about that. Come to me, all you who are burdened and weary, and I will give you rest. Jesus is the greatest father we'll ever have. The greatest father we'll ever have. He's standing there with his arms wide open. Wide open. Just waiting for us to come to him. When we realize that in our minds... And we believe it in our heart that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, carried all my burdens, carried all my guilt and shame to the cross on Calvary on his way to Golgotha. I don't know if you guys have ever, I know a lot of you have seen the Passion, but if you haven't seen the Passion and you see where Jesus was carrying his cross and he was just dripping with blood in all kinds of agony and pain, wearing the thorn of cross, Dragging it and can barely lift it because he's got no strength left in him. That's when he was bearing all of my sin and shame. He bore it all for the world. He was carrying the weight of the world upon him. The weight of the world. Can you imagine that? If you think of our cares and burdens and how great they are to us. Think about the cares and the burdens of everybody in the whole world. Upon one man. You know, when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, and he was praying, Lord, if this is your will, let it be, but Lord, please take this cup from me. And he was dripping sweat that was blood because of the agony of everything that he knew he had to go through. But he prayed, Father, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus did that for us. So that we didn't have to carry these burdens. Jesus set us free on the cross. So we didn't have to carry these. This weight. And the devil knows that. He knows it very well. But we don't believe it. But once we do believe it and we get it in our heart of hearts and we truly believe 
If that's what Jesus did, then we can truly be set free. And we will never be set free until we give it all to God. Amen? So when a burden comes your way, cast it on the Lord. Don't take it on like a pack animal. Give it to Jesus. Just say, no, devil. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm done. And I'm done of watching you laughing at me. Looking like a fool. Trying to carry all this stuff around. When we come to our final straw and we say enough is enough until we have make our stand and resist him and stand firm and the faith immovable do you know when we resist him the devil that is that in 1 Peter 5:10 it says that Christ himself will restore you and make you strong Think about that. Christ himself, the Son of God, he won't send an angel to do his job, even though he could. But he said, no, I see your burden. I see you standing in faith and and resisting the devil. You know what? I'm going to come and stand next to you, and I'm going to strengthen you. And restore you. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. You know, every time we open up his word and pray... We're getting closer and closer to God. And God's getting closer and closer to us. Our eyes get opened a little bit more. Our ears get opened a little bit more. Our mind gets opened a little bit more. Our hearts get opened a little bit more. When you make your stand against the devil, eventually that warring lying is going to move on to easier prey. He's going to... Quit trying to fight with you because he sees you're immovable. That you're standing on faith, on the word of God. Believing it. And you know what else? He knows that there's a force coming. That's greater than any other force in the whole universe. And it's coming near you. And it's Christ, the son of God. And let me tell you what. The devil wants no part of Jesus, the Son of God. Because Jesus already beat him up pretty good. He beat him up and defeated him. When he went to the grave and he chased him around and he took the keys of hell from the devil. So the devil knows it. Just like when, when, the, when Jesus cast out the, the legion of demons in the man at the Gardenes. And they had 2,000, he went into 2,000 pigs. But they said to him, Jesus, Son of God, don't kill us, but please send us off to these pigs. Because they know that there's a power 
and a force there that is immovable, that is stronger and able to breathe stars with a breath, who can speak the universe into existence. The devil knows this force, and he can't stand against it because nothing can stand against God. Nothing can stand against God. We can't. Sometimes we think we can. Our strength is like nothing compared to God's strength. Who are we? Who are we? We are, we are formed from dust by God himself, who said he knew us before we were in our mother's womb, who knew us before the creation of the world. Think about that. God knew us before we were even formed, before he even created the world. He knew us. He knew each one of you. And he knows every hair on your head, the Bible says. We are nothing. I think of the times when, when God was speaking to Job. When he says to Job, where were you? Where were you? When I created all these things. Can you. Put a hook in the Leviathan. No. But God can. There is no force greater in this whole. Universe than God. And the devil knows that. So when you stand your ground and you resist the devil long enough, then that force is coming near to you. That force, it says that Christ himself will come and strengthen you and restore you. Christ is God. Father, God, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he will come to strengthen you. And there is no power greater than that. Isaiah 46. Verses 3 through 4 says, Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all who remain of the house of Israel. You whom I have upheld since you were conceived and have carried since birth, even to your old age, and even to your gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and will carry you. I will sustain you and rescue you. That's who God is. That's who God is. That's our God. He will sustain us. Even in our old age. Even in our gray hair. He will be there. He said, I am He. I will sustain you. I will carry you. I will rescue you. That's a promise. And that's a promise we need to get in our hearts. And we need to believe it. Even though... You know, what, what really got me going on this was seeing everything that's going around on in the world. 
and seeing all the turmoil that's going on, all the rioting and all this craziness, and all these young kids growing up and thinking, well, what about my life? Am I going to live my life? I want to have a life to live. All my grandkids, I'm sure they think of this. But I'm going to tell you what, there is no greater life than the life we will have with eternity in heaven with Jesus. Our lives are but a, just a short period of time here on this earth. It, the, the word says it's like a flower that blooms one day and the next is withered and gone. There's an eternity out there for all of us. We're not just made in the flesh, we're spirit beings. We have a spirit in us that's going to live forever. And God says, I have great plans for you. Plans for you to prosper, to be in good health. And he says, I will sustain you. I will keep you. I will carry you. But we have to choose that. We have to choose that. Isaiah 41, verses 10 through 13. It says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear. I will help you. Do not fear. I will help you. I will help you. I will take hold of you. I will be with you. But we have to reach out to him first. We have to choose him. You know, God is not going to force himself on any of us. He's not, and he doesn't. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on us. He wants us to choose him. And he's waiting for us to take his hand. He wants to lift burdens off of you. But he can't do it until you let him go. You know, God's not going to do anything that you won't let him. We have to let God be God. He's already done everything for us. He's made a way where there was no way. He sent his son Jesus Christ to die for us on the cross so that we can have a way. And all we have to do is believe the word, believe his word. And all we have to do is choose him. Before it is too late. You know, as Julie was saying, we're seeing all these things happen in the world. You know, everything that we see happening in the world has been prophesied through in the Bible. Even to the riots. 
In 2 Thessalonians, when it talks about the great rebellion, well, another word for rebellion is rioting. That's exactly what we're seeing right now. The great rebellion taking place. We're seeing the peace treaty. That stuff has been written about and prophesied about over 2,000 years ago. Everything that we're seeing through the prophet Daniel. Last week I shared, you know, that it was really hard to understand the prophet Daniel and his descriptions of things. But, you know, before we, before we started seeing everything going on. But now we can see everything going on and we can finally understand the book of Daniel. And same with the book of Revelation. A lot of people were afraid to preach in the book of Revelation because it's hard to understand. It's hard to figure out what's going on. But now we can see it. You know, we are living in exciting times. These are biblical times. You know, we shared, I talked to Julie. Julie, we were talking about this this week. We're living in just exciting times is when Jesus came. Jesus is going to be coming again. And if we don't choose now, then it's going to be too late when he comes. We cannot wait to see, to believe. We cannot wait to see Jesus coming over the hill to finally believe that, oh, the word is true and it's right. You know, there's one thing about this Bible is written. One third of this whole book is on prophecy. A third of the whole book is on prophecy. Now, prophecy are things to, be, to come in the future. And we're seeing those things come to pass like never before. Like, you just wait. So that third temple is built in Israel. When they build the temple in Israel. Right? Right now we're waiting to see the man of lawlessness arise. And I love Bible prophecy. I mean, I love getting into it. I love studying it. I love researching it. It's all happening just like the word said. We should never be shocked. Or taken off guard because it's written. And if we know our word, then we wouldn't have anything to be afraid of. My prayer is for all of us to come into salvation, to know Jesus, to have Him in our heart. That's why we started this church, is for salvation. That's what church is for. It's a lifeboat for the lost, for those that are sinking, for those that are drowning. I was never raised in a church-going family. We did go to Awanas. My sister can testify to that. We weren't forced to go. We didn't have a relationship with God. I grew up as a heathen, running and playing around on Sundays. But it wasn't until God got a hold of me and changed my whole life, and I can't deny that it was God that did it. When I'm homeless, broke, drug addict on a park bench, 20-some years, almost 30 years ago now. Ashamed. Everybody's, all the kids are smiling and laughing because they know they've heard the story. From park bench to pulpit. That's where God's taken me. And I can't deny it. Not one bit. Because that's what happened. 
And he did it for me. He can do it for you. And he can do it for those out there that are lost, that are burdened, that are wearied, that are addicted. And he can break every addiction, no matter what it is. He can mend the brokenhearted. He can heal all your diseases. He can set the captive free. Because that's what the Son of God did. And His name is Jesus. And He came here to set you free and to give you life and to life more abundantly. We have to believe. By faith that Jesus is the Son of God. That's what this whole thing's about. We're believing by faith. All of our hope, all of our hope is in on Jesus. I got all my money on Jesus. You know, I'm letting it ride. I let it ride, all of it. It's riding on Jesus. And that he died and he rose again on the third day. And he sits now at the right hand of God making intercession for you and for me. You see, a lot of people don't know that. That's what Jesus is doing right now. He's up there in heaven next to his Father praying for us. Praying for us. You know, Jesus is like, the, like a big brother up there saying, Come on, sis, come on, brother, let's get it together, let's, let's go. I'm praying for you, you're going to overcome this. You can do this. I want you here with me in my house. He's there making intercession for you. It says in Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9, that it is by grace We have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. God gave us a gift, and it was His Son, Jesus. And all we got to do is choose Him. It's the greatest gift this world has ever seen. It's the greatest gift I can give to anybody. Any of, any of my kids, grandkids, brothers, sisters is the gift of salvation. All my friends, you know. And trust me, I've lost a lot of friends preaching this word of God. Because they don't want to hear it, a lot of them. But you know what? It's not going to stop me. Because it's the most important thing, the biggest decision I've ever made in my life. And it's the decision that I stand on and believe. And it's the greatest thing that you can ever do. It is by grace we have been saved through faith and that not of ourselves. Meaning that it's a gift from God. Meaning that we can't earn it. We can't work for it. I can't buy it. I can't work. As hard as I work, I can't earn it. There's no work that there is able to earn that gift. 
And God is saying, all you got to do is believe that it's yours free. It's yours. All we have to do is receive this miraculous gift. I don't know, but I'm done playing with the devil. (laughs) We've been dancing with the devil for so long, all of us. You know, a lot of us have been dancing with the devils, standing on the fence in the gray areas. But I'm telling you right now, this world is being separated. We're seeing a separation take place where the light is going to get lighter and the dark is going to get darker. People are going to go more and more wicked in their wicked ways. And those that are more righteous are going to get more righteous in their ways. There's going to be a clear separation. There's a clear separation right now in our country. And you can see it. There is a divide taking place. We need to be on the right side of that divide. Because the wrong side isn't pretty. The wrong side is not pretty. Amen. So there's hope for all of us, amen, even for me. (laughs) Hope for us all, and that's in Jesus. Let's stand for the blessing, and we'll call it a day. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, and praise you for this day. I pray, Lord God, that you, Lord, anything that I've said that's not of you, Lord God, I pray that, Lord God, it would just fall away, Lord God, that, Lord, that it wouldn't stick to us. But anything, Lord God, that I said that's of your word and that's truth, that, Lord, it would speak to our hearts, that we would receive it, that we would listen to it, and we would obey you, Lord Jesus. I just pray this, and I just thank you, Lord. And, Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you would bless us and that you would keep us that you would make your face shine upon us and be gracious to us, that, Lord, you would turn your face toward us and that you would give us peace, Lord God, because we'll never have peace without you. We'll never have peace in our hearts without you. We'll never, Lord God, rest until we rest in you, Lord God. I just thank you and I just praise you for each person here, and I pray you bless them in Jesus' name. Amen.